Hi everybody and welcome back to the road to growth with ADHD. What is this? This is my little premium content that is linked to my main page, which is the Gentleman's Talk, which is all about mental health. And if you'll know about this, you will. If you know this is why you're following, the reason this has come about is because this is me understanding my recent my recent <laughs> recent diagnosis with ADHD and trying to sort of unpick it and at the same time um, allow me to try and put the things that I'm learning to scenarios so maybe you can relate to them I can certainly relate to them which is what is absolutely helping me push forward and just better well, develop myself that I, I don't I, I need to get used to not saying that the reason I don't say better myself because none of us need to better ourselves I think that we all just need to develop ourselves and, and I think that all comes with maturity just comes with everything and everything it just comes with life experience doesn't it um, I'm certainly in a completely different person than what I was in my 20s um, I'm a lot more relaxed I'm starting to get a little bit more relaxed I'm starting to look at life um slightly differently instead of trying to look at it through rose tinted glasses where everything does look pretty and nice and uh, and unfortunately you know the world isn't like that but not as a negative as in what we need to do is is develop ourselves to actively find ways that we can have a good life in the universe that we are at the moment that was rather deep i know i know i did as my daughter would say i deeped that you deeped that didn't you dad i'm like mm, maybe i did maybe i did um but here we are welcome to the premium content welcome to your host james dean little john jimmy dean jimmy dean or as my wife calls me turkish now there is absolutely no um resemblance to me being a uh, of turkish of turkish heritage um it's all to do with the film snatch um and unfortunately it's a really good film one of my favorite films and one of my wife's favorite films and um there's a there's a, a, a line in there, a guy in there called Turkish, and, uh, and that's what my missus calls me. So absolutely hilarious. I think it's funny. It's nice to have nicknames, isn't it? I think we've all, well, I mean, we've all probably all got nicknames for our partners behind their back. Um, but it's nice to have a fun one at the front, isn't it? <laughs> you know what I mean? But it, it's weird. We do have these. We do come to these things. It's mainly men, I think, that do this, um, which is why it's obscure in our relationship. Because you know, um, I well, my missus is called uh, Zoe, so I call her Zoggy. So uh, Z O G G Y. So that's a nickname she's always had, Zoggy. But she was called Zoggy. I didn't realise this, but she was actually called Zoggy at school. Um, but anyway, before I digress into my family and my partnership, um, yeah, but it's funny. I just, I, I did, I did think it was hilarious that you know we've got these nicknames, and I think my, um, so my brother-in-law um, calls his his uh, Mrs. Boo, um, which is yeah, okay, you know, each their own. I think you know, I think funny ones, um, funny names are cool, but um, you know, whatever floats your boat. And here we are, the ADHD journey, attention deficit. I don't know the rest of the word disorder i still i don't know why i cannot what i cannot understand what that word is it will come to me and you're you're probably this is the craziness about trying to learn this and it's trying to unpick it and um it baffles me um i'm trying to think but i'm without googling i won't know anyway that's for you to tell me actually because then if you tell me i will learn because that's how i learn i, I learn through people telling me things so where uh, they go a little a little for you for my listener out there chuck me what it means and write it down so I can read it and then I'll understand it more because it's come from someone else um, which is always nice when I read it myself I, I take on so much information um, and, and I'm trying to constantly um, learn and look at new things and I'm finding new things and I'm all constantly got ideas that um, you know it's kind of a bit weird in fact that, that I think there's like a positive I think to ADHD is is that you're constantly on the go you're constantly thinking you're constantly uh, there's ideas bouncing through your head so to give you like an insight into what i did today so today sunday is my reflection day it's my favorite day of the week and um i went around to my mother-in-law's house just to help her put a few things she's moved house she moved into this little bungalow just around the corner actually from us which is nice for the family to to be able to be close to her and she was a bit concerned because she was sort of moving to an older i mean she, she's only in her early 60s so very young 
uh, in the grand scheme of things um but you know close to retirement at the same time so it depends how you want to look at life you know still young enough that she can absolutely sort of go around and and you know enjoy life um but at the same time you know she is close to retirement um anyway so she's moved into this this new bungalow and um I, I'd, know, I'd known that they were doing the move and everything else and my wife went and helped her out obviously um and I sort of stayed back looked after the kids and stuff and uh, the dogs mainly and I think that was just really an excuse to say I'm fucking I was being lazy um, but I did offer my help I did offer my services um anyway so I went around today just to put a couple of things up she wanted the tv put up and all that sort of stuff and I was like yeah I'll go around and help no problems at all and I walked in and my mind went into fucking overdrive because I just saw opportunity because it was like a blank canvas she was like i want to do this this and this or i've got a few ideas and i was walking around going you could do that you could do that you could do that and she's like oh okay okay i came back i was that i was that impressed with what i could do with that place and bearing in mind you know i have to remember it's not my house um although i've got a you know good keen eye um i do have to acknowledge the fact that um you know sometimes uh, you know my style isn't everyone else's style i get that um, and I'm, I'm a bit arrogant with that. I kind of think to myself, well, I kind of know. I think it's because, I don't know, it's just it's because I'm so passionate about it. I know that I'm quite good at it. So, and because I've researched it. And I think that's another thing that people don't understand. If somebody with, and this sort of draw me into actually a little bit of what I want to talk about today. But it, somebody with ADHD will have, like, there's so many, there's a lot of negatives to it. And there's a lot of positives. And if a, someone with ADHD finds something that they enjoy, something they want to do and you know that's what they and they start learning to do it they will learn absolutely and i say i talk to myself as a third person here but i'm saying as as the conditioned people or owners of the condition shall we say um will learn everything about that that they can so they will they will know what they can and can't do how to do things what they look for so it's like when it comes to style i kind of like because you also become a, a very good judge of character which is a again i class that a bit more of a negative because you can see right through people unfortunately and um anyway so i i already know you know what my mother-in-law's sort of style is you know in that sort of sense you know, it's been around for years so i know she's into the natural woods you know i know she's into the sort of kind of natural tones um you know the grays and stuff like that and the, and the nice greens and she likes outdoorsies so she's an outdoorsy person so for me i already know i'm like right well okay then well you've got a fireplace there we can do this we can build build a feature firewall place with an electric fire because she had an old fire it's like an old old bungalow um you know but there was so much opportunity so i kept doing that and that was my mind she was sat there going oh god it's this to here i gotta do this and i was like yeah don't worry about that literally give me a week you buy everything i want you to buy <laughs> give me a week move out for a week i'll move in and i'll i'll transfer that it's, it's only a one bedroom bungalow so for me i'm like well that's fucking easy you know that's a really good thing get the fucking paint done then do the floor job done then start doing your creative stuff and that is the incredible thing with the or the mind of a, of, of a, someone with ADHD. It, you it, honestly, you just get mental. Like I came back and I was going, "Oh, we'll change your radiators for these and and do this, and and that will save you on money as well as the fact it will give you more space." And we'll do this and do this and do this. And I was like, "It just you go into overdrive. There's no easy way to control it. You just go in. You get what they call it if you, if you you ever research it. It's called um, hyperfocusing." And I do. So when I find something I enjoy, I get really, really hyper-focused on it. And for me, that's like a negative in the sense that I will get exhausted till I get it completed. And I will frustrate myself and I will make mistakes because I'm rushing it. And then I will constantly, it's like anyone that really truly knows me or has, any, has worked with me in any capacity will know that I will do everything I can, but I will do it as quick as I can. And I will find the shortcut to completion but the results will never, ever waver. They'll never, ever compromise quality. However, I'll make mistakes, and then you tend to learn. And this is why I was very good at painting, because I, where people were making mistakes, I used to look at them and go, don't worry about it, mate. I've made, I've made those mistakes. I now know how to rectify those mistakes. And whenever I was teaching people to paint, I used to say to them, you don't learn from painting, you learn from your mistakes. And that is true with paint because there is actually a massive skill behind it. I mean, I know new modern products nowadays make it a little bit easier for you, but to be, excuse me, 
um, a professional painter um, at that level, um, you know, painting aircraft and such like, to get a gloss finish, like a proper gloss finish, you need to know how paint works. Uh, and I was, and I, and I learned that. I learned that through 21 years, um, you know, of, of knowing. But I didn't learn through my through my um, my success. I learned through my, you know, the mistakes I made. Um, so, you know, as they say, don't judge me by my success, judge me by my failures, because they are so few. And, and that is very, very true. That's a, I think that's a line from a film, actually. Um, but it's very true in life. And you should do that, because we can all be successful at something. We should all be able to, every human, every human being has the capacity to be successful at something, if you put your mind to it. it again, this, this feeds into accountability. If you put your mind to something, you will be successful because you will learn everything that you have to do. You will make mistakes along the way because you'll challenge yourself. Those mistakes you make will, will reinforce and underpin your learning process so you know not to make those mistakes again. And that's the, we do that through life. It's, it's, it starts very from, right from the, the word as, you know, as a baby. You know, If you touch something hot and it fucking hurts, you don't do it again. You know, we all know, and it, we, no one teaches us not to fucking, you know, put fucking metal in the, you know, the microwave. That was because somebody put metal in the microwave and it went fucking boom. You know, we all make these fucking mistakes. And, and it's really, really, you have to make mistakes to get growth. If you're not making mistakes in life, you're laying stagnant. You're sitting there because you're not challenging yourself. You're not pushing your boundaries. And I think that somebody with ADHD, that's the beauty of ADHD, is you do constantly push your boundaries you have to why do you have to because you're so driven by adrenaline you're so driven by that dopamine rush that you have to find because your body and brain doesn't produce it so because it doesn't produce it you're constantly looking for it so there's only one way to do that and that is to challenge yourself push your boundaries try new things and that sort of leads me into really where i want to start today so and you know, like I said, as I'm learning things along this journey, as I'm learning and understanding myself, I'm probably, in fact, actually, I've just realised I was standing quite far back. My mate Nelly's going to have an absolute go at me because <laughs> he's like, I go quiet when I get relaxed. I get relaxed and I fall back into my seat um, just because I, I like talking and it's kind of one of those things. Um, but yeah, so it kind of um, brings me into what I wanted to talk about today. And that was the one of the, my biggest struggles, I think. Def in fact, yeah, I think it is. It's, it's one of my biggest struggles, and and that is motivation. The key to the title, keys in the title, as they say. Motivation. One of the hardest things that I really, really, I really struggle with. It's it's because I can never, I've never been able to, in right up in my last forty-one years of my life, been able to understand why I lose motivation, because. I enjoy the dopamine high when I learn something, but I couldn't understand why I just switch off, why I just lose that motivation. And it is kind of, and, and anybody that's known me and learned and, and understood me along my along my years on this planet, and anyone that's that's been close to me, and there is there is few, um, but if you've been along the journey for most of it, you and really understood me, you would know that that is what happens now. I can give you a, I can give you a, 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 literally a world of stuff that I've done, that I've just stopped. I've just literally stopped doing, and it's all around about a year point. So the bigger stuff that I've started doing. So I, I picked up photography, I learned photography, did it for two years, got to myself where I could almost be. Well, I did class myself as professional, actually, because I was doing, um, you know, two and a half thousand pound weddings. So it, I started doing those six months after I started. So I'd never picked up a camera. I went from picking up a camera to owning a business in a year to running that business for a year to being paid two and a half thousand pound for weddings. Then all of a sudden I just went, I don't want to do this anymore. I literally I am sat on a seat now, which is hollow with a inside it is a storage seat and inside there is the camera that I bought 12, 30, 12, 12 years ago. Um, and it's still in there. Still, and, and I, I replaced the shutter. I paid £450 to replace the shutter um, when I last got it out. And I last got it out to photograph my um, a friend of mine's wedding. 
and um, I was like, shit, it doesn't work because it had been sat there for so long, the shutter had sealed itself. So I just left it, and, and, and that's where it got to, and it's still there. So that's the one thing. I learned that for two years, and then people kept saying to me, why don't you run a business? Why have you stopped doing photography? Why? I had, you know, almost 1,500 people following me, which isn't big in the, big, in the grand scheme of things, but it is for a small-time business that have been doing it a year. Um, and I, got, I had a, that was on my Facebook photography page, and I was getting loads of work absolutely loads of work i just it got to the point where i just completely lost interest so that's one thing then there's wakeboarding then there's motorbiking um painting in general i've tried all manners of painting i've tried all manners of artwork and i've always got stuck in and then all of a sudden you can see success this is uh, this is hand on heart this is the podcast here is the longest thing that i've done continuously and I will say I do struggle I do absolutely struggle I even today I was like I couldn't be bothered I was that's how I felt and I sounds really harsh but that was me fighting with my brain and I know when I'm in those moods to not do that because it, it normally reflects in what I'm talking about hopefully today you know I'm trying to learn to fight that it's one of those things you constantly and this is the challenge bit I'm challenging my brain from being sat on my ass to go get up do your podcast, you enjoy it, and it brings positivity for the rest of the week because you've had a chance to talk and you've had a chance to learn, you've had a chance to, to develop. So there's so much positives behind it, but you try and fight somebody with ADHD, their brain is completely rewired different. And that sort of brought me on to, and then this afternoon I thought, oh, I'll read a couple of fucking articles, you know, I'll read a couple of things just to sort of kind of bolster what I want to talk about. And I come across this absolutely incredible like study basically but it's sort of kind of it's, a, it's it's an interesting study it's an interesting study anyway before i go into there so but when i talk about sort of motivation we all know that motivation is basically like the driving force if you like it's it's the driving force that gets us up in the morning if you're not if you don't enjoy your job you're not motivated to do that to do that job you won't get up you there's simply that if somebody says to you you've got to go and do something how demotivated are you? And we talk about motivation in the workplace all the time. And I always say to people, why are you fucking enduring this? There has to be something out there that you can do, that you will enjoy. A prime example is, my, my, best, my best mate started his third job, if you like, third job. And I mean third job in as in he's doing three jobs. Um, whilst he's quitting one, he's keeping the, his main one. He's doing a second we want to bolster his money up because it's hard times. And um, and then his third job that he's taken on because it's a better job than his second job, but he has to do it for a couple of weeks anyway. So he's a um, he looks after a golf course. So he's just driving around his buggy. And today he sent a video for the first time. He's been working. His, he sent a video happy as fucking Larry because he was earning a bit the more, more money that he, that he needed for his family, but he was doing something he loved, and he was out and about. Now how how amazing is that? That he's doing something he loves as a second job. And there's people out there that do jobs as a first job that they fucking despise. Life is worth more than that to sit there in a job you, you don't like doing something or do something you don't want to do. I'm quite like, um, I'm quite almost abrupt but and probably come across as a little bit rude actually. But if there's something that goes on in the, in the house, like I'm quite adamant. I'm just like, I don't want to do that. I, I know for a fact, and, and I'm quite brutal about it, because I think to myself, life's really fucking short. I don't want to go around. Like, there's certain, certain, certainly family occasions, and they're like, do you want to come around? No. Why? Because I've had past issues with these people, because of how they've treated me, and I know that you should let go of the past and all that, but I'm like, I just don't want to waste my, that's a whole afternoon, I'm going to waste time sitting there putting on a fake fucking smile for people that don't give a shit about me because they don't see me from one year to the next. This is a forced occasion, as in, you know, it's to make someone fucking feel special, whatever. But I don't believe that. I, that's, not my, that's not my ethos in life. If you don't enjoy what you're doing, you, or you don't enjoy what you're going to do, then why the fuck are you doing it? You get one chance at life. If, if you'd rather sit down and relax and just listen to music like I do most of the time, then just do that. It's your fucking life. You don't have to do things. It's as simple as that. You do what you want to do. And that, that's my ethos. And it's probably quite a selfish ethos. There'll be people out there going, fucking hell, I wish I could say that. You can say that. You can do whatever you want to do. It's your fucking life. 
But with motivation being such a driving force, it can sort of affect so much of our day that we don't realise. It can affect how we prioritise our day. It can affect how we learn certain things. I mean, I've done I done fucking ten courses last year. Um, in into the I say differently because the way the way that my company works, their financial year is different. It's April to April, um, not January to January. So that's why I talk about uh, um, when I talk about what I've done within a year. I talk about April to April, the financial year, not the actual year, which is a bit of a weird thing to do. Um, but that's how I work it. But I've done ten courses. Sorry. Um, and in those 10 courses that I did, I'd probably say I was motivated for five, maybe five, if I'm lucky. The other five's not motivated at all. Done it just purely to boost my um, to boost my CV and to boost my um, SME knowledge, if you like, subject matter expert knowledge. Um, and I didn't really want to do them, but I thought to myself, it makes you more desirable for the future. So I was future-proofing future myself, basically. Um, but I'd done that. And... Sometimes you have to put those in, so those you have to do those things. But there's other times where you don't have to do them. On this occasion, because I wanted to develop myself and I wanted to make myself more desirable, I did it. But they were a fucking grind, and that's because I wasn't motivated. And unfortunately, people with ADHD, some of those tasks they just don't spark that interest that you need, and. It sort of makes it difficult, and, I, and I'm learning this now. And the reason I'm I'm sort of so keen to understand this is because I can be in work, and people can give me jobs, and I can literally go, I don't want to fucking do that, and I can click, I can almost, I can completely and utterly ignore it, and then they'll ask me again, and I'll ignore it because I'm like, I don't want to do that. That has, I have no interest in that. There's no spark. There's no creativity. If I do that, it's purely against my utter fucking will to do this. And that makes the day a grind because you, you're not interested in it. But what people don't understand is people with ADHD, that's fucking, that's exacerbated. When you don't want to do something with ADHD, it's fucking nails. Absolutely fucking nails. And unfortunately... When you talk about lack of motivation, unfortunately, there's a bit of a misconception with that in the sense that a lot of people associate no motivation with laziness. And a lot of the time, it's not because of laziness. If, 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 any, if anybody, if, if you ask anybody about me, I would like to think that nobody would turn around and say that they would associate laziness with me because that's not who I am. I'm constantly on the fucking go. I, I hardly fucking sleep. I literally just, I'm constantly doing things. I'm constantly learning. I'm constantly making art. I'm constantly thinking about new projects. I just don't fucking stop. It's absolutely bonkers. So you can't. And and at the same time, we can also associate, it's really weird because you can associate mo lack of motivation with laziness, especially I think in the youth or, you know, again, people with, um, that may be sub subjected to other mental health conditions and they, and they go down the alcohol and drugs route. And that can cause major um, demotivation just because of alcohol and drugs. But that might be the way that you're dealing with your problems. So unfortunately, there's not much you can do. But they're, they're all, unfortunately, a society, we, we tarnish everybody with the laziness route. We all, we, we absolutely do. We say that fucking person's lazy because they don't want to get out of bed, they're fucking constantly sleeping, doing drugs or fucking drinking, whatever, that's all they want to do. They're out all fucking night. We associate everybody with that. When you say laziness, are oh, just fucking lazy. Or, and hear me fucking out now, look at their personality. And this is when you, you need to understand yourself. This is when you need other people. And I say, to, like I always say, nurture the right people around you so they, can, they know what your personality is like. And I know, some, I know people that are lazy. And I, and I say, you're lazy through fucking drugs. I absolutely know you are. And I know that. And it's a shame because I've got a friend of mine that's like that. And for me, that's a massive shame because his, the creativity on him is absolutely incredible but that's that's the path he's chosen that's how he wants to deal with his demons well, that's fine that's you know he's no burden on society so crack on um but at the same time it's a shame it is a real shame but we all tarnish that that brush we all look inside and go oh it's because of this because of that no actually there might be an underlying condition there maybe he has got depression 
maybe he has got anxiety maybe he has got stress maybe he's got adhd and for me the reason i can absolutely tie this in with how i am is because it's been relatable in every single fucking job i've done every if you give me something i don't want to do like i can i can tie this into to everything i've done so my when i was a painter spray the aircraft the one thing i had no interest in doing was job cards i had zero fucking interest in doing writing this high profile job card the and high pro it's you know you needed to do it for the for the aircraft I had to stay with it it's part of the um you know it's part of the uh, the maa thing the rules so but i never wanted to do that i never wanted to learn it i never wanted to get involved in it it looked absolutely fucking horrendous now you speak to anybody that's worked with me and and asked have i ever done paper no i haven't i never fucking i did i did it for a small period of time but i never ever enjoyed it and it was in that small period of time and i'm talking i did it for three days in my whole career 21 years and then i just went i don't want to do this this is fucking horrible i literally cannot do this and I could not find the, the need to learn it, to understand it. And even, but this is how bad it was, even after 21 years of knowing everything about the Royal Air Force and the, um, and, the, and the surface finishing side of things, learning different types of paint, how to put paint on, looking at low infrared reflectance, infrared reflectance, etch primers, allochromes, all these sort of things, learning about all these and learning about microns and fucking... You, you know, you could learn so much about painting and finishing. And I learnt it all apart from writing that fucking job card. I just did not want to do it. Now, people would look at that and go, fucking hell, mate, you're lazy. No, I just had no interest in it. But if you told me to go out there, put on a phenol fucking suit and can chemically strip that aircraft... I'd fucking do it because that to me is fun. Get stuck in, get grafting. If you want me behind a desk writing a bit of job card, writing a fucking the details of what was done on that fucking aircraft. No, I don't give a fuck what was done on it. I know what was done on it. I don't want to write it down. And that was that's the motivational point. And that is for me the hardest bit because that just reflects on everything I do. I can even make, I can even start doing, it's even like the artwork I'm doing at the moment. I absolutely love doing it, but it's not selling. Like, I've sold one, and now for me, that's like, okay then, maybe it's not as good as I think it's fucking, as I think it is. Maybe people are trying to fucking bolster me up and make me feel good by saying, yeah, that's amazing, James. Or, is it just I've not hit the right market? I don't know. But, this is where you subside. And this is the, the key point. And this is why I always say to my friends, like, can you please leave me some feedback? So I say to everyone on here, if you're listening to me, leave me some feedback, leave me some sort of comment, because I need that motivation. And that motivation comes from reinforcing, knowing I'm doing a good job. And it's that reward thing, you know, so it's so important for people with ADHD, but nobody understands that. And this is why I'm actually absolutely educating people as much as I can, because it's a great shame when you go through that. And I, and I spoke to you about um, RSD the other day and for me that was kind of that was a big eye-opener because of how people make me feel but unintentionally make me feel that and you get that rejection sensitive disorder and I and I hate that but I do I get it but but it drives you insane and it's no different to the motivation people say to me James you should be doing this James you should be doing that oh James you should be fucking and the reason I don't and the reason I've probably not been successful in my life is because it takes a long time to get there. Now I've noticed now with even with my even with my um, my podcast, you know I'm, I've had three and a half thousand fucking downloads. That's amazing for me in a year. On the other one, on my gentleman's talk, three and a half thousand downloads across the world. Now that is small small numbers, but you know that's given me motivation. But when people don't leave me messages and don't say things, and I just see the downloads, the downloads gives me the motivation to a degree. But I like to hear. So that's why I'm so reliant on my friends to say, you're doing a good job or you're doing this or that's a good idea or fucking yeah, I love that. But at the same time, it's a it's a bit of a catch-22 because you're just kind of going, are they saying it because they know that I need that reinforcement or are they genuinely saying it? And again, the ADHD brain in me, the ADHD brain in me makes me overthink everything. So I sit there and go, oh, so they're only lying in my podcast because, you know, they're, they're my friends. Um or they're only liking my artwork because they're my friends, but they don't really like it. You know, it's kind of one of those things. And you, you overthink. 
and that is it, it, that can be catastrophic absolutely catastrophic for people but when you've got adhd unfortunately what they don't realize is um the sort of dopamine or um it, i think they call it like a neurotransmitter um in the brain basically i don't really know about the brain i'm not going to fucking go into details i'm no brain surgeon but it's the neurotransmitters in your brain that produce dopamine um and it's like it's sort of linked with the sort of pleasure reward and motivation so they're all encompassed now what we lack are pleasure reward and motivation so people with adhd they they absolutely they lack those areas so we need people to tell us because a lot of people might turn around and go oh, i've done a good job there yeah i know i've done a good fucking job now i've probably tackled mine because I, i've been quite arrogant for years in the sense that i've done good jobs and i look at it and go i know for a fucking fact that i have learned everything i can about that job so i know that is a good job so I'm kind of reinforcing my learning um, aspect. But at the same time, you can only do that for so long, which is why you absolutely rely on people, which is why we are people that rely on affection. We rely on touch. We rely on cud. Like, I don't like shaking people's hands. I'm a kisser and cuddler all day fucking long. Absolutely fucking thrive on them. And it's really, re I really struggle when I don't get those that, that endorphin rush, that cuddle. Um, it's just why I cuddle everybody because I'm like for me it just feels like a, it's took a really rewarding feeling now a lot of people feel a bit uncomfortable with that and I know a couple of people but it's just who I am I've always been a cuddler I just come in I'm like mate I just want to feel I want to embrace I want to I want to get that endorphin rush because what they don't realize is what a lot of people don't realize is that sneaks behind and what's involved in a, a cuddle just a simple cuddle and I say this to my dad all the time and, and my missus actually you need to cuddle for 30 seconds now a 30 second cuddle if you ever if you ever cuddle someone and this is how detailed i know and learn about cuddling if you ever cuddle someone you feel into a cuddle it's normally like a little bit awkward it's a little bit embraced everyone feels a little bit tight if you hold that that cuddle for 30 seconds watch the difference when you get to about 20 seconds count it in your mind count it out loud i'd count it in your mind because you don't really want to let them know what you're doing but when you get to 20 seconds your brain chemicals then start releasing the love chemical they start releasing um, dopamine you start feeling relaxed and i thrive on that because i don't feel that at any time in my fucking day my brain is just fucking constantly firing i'm constantly looking at new things i'm constantly looking everywhere i'm taking in information and so when you cuddle people i get that endorphin i get that relaxed feeling so i say to my dad you know because a cuddle my dad is he's raised in the fucking 50s 60s 70s and so forth so he's very much a man's man you know he's he's not he's not an affectionate person it's taken me fucking years absolutely years to to be able to sort of like not not have a shake handshake with him say goodbye i'm like no because cuddle mate what are you fucking talking about and i do it now and i'm like dad hold the cuddle for 30 seconds so we hold the cuddle and he, you'll see him he's like he relaxes I'm like, what are you feeling fucking so tense for me i'm your son but that's just the way he was. He was, you know, he's, he's raised in Scotland, our broth. Um, you know, hardy country, Scottish hardy country in the 50s where there was no money, all factory work. So it wasn't, there wasn't a lot of affection going around. So that's how he was raised. That's what he knew. You know, big family as well. You know, six six or seven fucking brothers um, and, and sort of like six or seven sisters. Massive fucking family. Typical family. They relied on the on the fucking pullout. And this pullout game clearly wasn't that fucking good. <laughs> that's what I always say anyway. My granddad's pullout game wasn't the best. Um, with, you know, they didn't have that type of thing in these days. Probably condoms cost a fucking fortune. I don't know. I'm not going to go into that fucking info. But So that's why we cuddle that is why i like the cuddle because it gives me the pleasure feeling that i don't get on a daily basis like everybody must get you know you know when people sort of so you see people and, they, and they'll wake up and they go oh that cup of coffee or you, know, you get someone you know they'll do something and they'll be like oh that feels fucking amazing or what's up with you look at someone and they're smiling i'm just really fucking happy i don't get that i don't get emotions like people say to me you're emotionless it, 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 do you know this is a genuine fucking tr in, a genuine fact that when I went through my depression and even when I was in my darkest days and you see you hear of people that fucking cry and, and stuff like that when they're sad I, I genuinely did there's one time I did and that was when I went uh, and that's when I said oh this is really fucking unusual because I don't fucking cry I've got zero emotions this is this this must be bad 
And that's when I went to the doctor and I sat in front of the doctor and he started talking about things. And obviously the doctor dragged up some stuff and, um, you know, like they do to try and pull out how I feel. And that obviously choked me up and then I cried and I was like, oh, and then, but then afterwards I was like, sorry about that, mate. And he was like, you don't need to be sorry. I was like, yeah, I do, mate. It's quite embarrassing. But that's the type of person I am. I'm just not emotional. And, but at the same time, it's really weird because at the same time, I love cuddling. I love, I love just feeling the warmth of fucking people and just a, a nice atmosphere. And I love friendliness. I love that sort of kind of thing. But I don't get emotional. So it's a catch to too, isn't it? You know. But anyway, I was so. And like I said to you a little while ago, I read this study. It was, I think it was done in 2017. And it was done on um, adolescents living with ADHD who sort of kind of often felt sort of motivated or less motivated um, towards task and sort of felt that, like a bit like I do, that, if, you know, if a, if a task takes too long or it's too slow, I lose complete and in, in, in utter interest. If it, which is, if again, I can easily relate that to everything I did was always was always quick. If I did an art project, or you know, I, I sprayed fucking designer helmets and stuff for pilots. When I started doing that, I'd knock out one of them a week. People would be like, "Fucking helmet, enjoy the process." I'm like, "No, mate, I just need to get this done. I want to see the results. I want to see the smile on his face." And people used to say to me. Oh, can you do this job for me? And they they drop it round, and then two days later, it'd be fucking done, and they'd be like, "Oh, mate, I ain't been paid yet. I was expecting to take, that to take a couple of weeks." I'm like, "No, mate, that's that's not what I do. I I literally just wrap shit up in a fucking in a couple of days. Two days is is me. Anything past two days, mate, and I've it's gonna go in the bin. And I know that because I've got a pilot's helmet that's been sat in my fucking conservatory waiting to get painted for uh, a very good um, or a good friend of mine, uh, a lieutenant colonel, no full colonel, sorry." um who's who's leaving the army and um they they're doing it as a surprise and they want me to design something it's been sat there for two and a half weeks why because i told my told my deadline was june so i'm like i've got no interest in that then that so it is literally sat there and that is that's a genuine fact that's that's how i know and how i can the the spectacular bit about learning about adhd is the fact that i can understand it i can learn it and when I learn it, I can put it towards things. And I'm like, oh, that's why I fucking do that. Oh, okay, then. So what I then tend to do is tend to... I, it gives me the approach or the ability to approach things differently. Anyway, I digress a little bit. And basically, the, sort of, the study sort of noted that there was a, a predictable and sort of familiar, if you like, activities were less appealing. While activities with social support and interaction sort of highly motivated people. And what I mean by that is, and that's kind of what I'm going to I'm going to key into some some really important stuff for you. If you so you, maybe you're you're suffering. Maybe this is ringing alarm bells for you. And like, oh, okay, then that that is what I do. You know, I, it, people give me long term deadlines, and I'm fucking out. I'm not interested. But if someone gives me a short term deadline, like you know, three or four days, don't get it done, you're going to get fucking fired. You're like, mate, I'm going to do that. And you do. You produce something that's fucking spectacular. You've knocked out the park. It's got fucking music. It's got fucking smoke shows and everything. And you're like, wow, there you go. And realistically, they didn't want it for a month, but they know you wouldn't have got it done. But that's the, you know, that's the kind of thing with ADHD that people don't understand. It's, and that's where you have to understand it as a human, as a human, as a person who, who has it, if you've been diagnosed with it or you've got the signs of it, you need to look at yourself inwardly. This is that, I, I love turning this back around. This is the accountability aspect. So there's no real, and, and, and what I did learn about this study is there's no real sort of reason why. There's no facts or sort of any expert <laughs> theoretic the, theorizing uh, of why this happens and why it happens in sort of ADHD, such as, you know, impulsivity, impulsivity and hyperactivity. But what I do know is that impulsivity and hyperactivity work hand in hand to motivating me to do a job. And that's the thing is like, and that's why with ADHD, it's a spectacular thing, but what you tend to do is you tend to look at things because you because you do you, you know again when when we don't produce dopamine we don't produce that relaxing drug we don't produce that love drug if you like you know we rely on 
um, extracurricular activities, if you like. So, we, you know, I, I rely on physical embrace. I rely on impulsivity. I, re I, I rely on the things that are a little bit daring to give me those chemical imbalances, which is why relationships, friendships um, and all that are really, really hard to maintain because you can't, you can't maintain that life. If you do, it's exhausting. If you and, and that's why I get left alone quite a bit. That's why my wife absolutely lets me do my own thing. Because she's she's ultimately said to me, James, I I can't fucking keep up with you, mate. You're you're constantly doing things. You're constantly trying fucking to go different places, to try and do see different things. You know, she's like like at the moment she knows I want a job that is gonna let me travel. Because if she if I have a job that lets me travel, she knows that that's gonna fill that void of taking on new information because I rely on that and if you've ever seen me go anywhere on vacation holiday and the reason I absolutely fucking thrived in the RAF was because I got a good friend in the RAF um Aussie his name was it just came back to me there just I was looking for it because I thought I need to mention this fucking guy because he's a legend um but Aussie um still a friend of mine we still still communicate from time to time uh I think it's every three or four years we say hello we'll meet for a coffee we never do um but he was a really he was a pivotal pivotal point in my RAF career so I got really sort of kind of we went on a tour together and um we we had a great time he was like mate you're fucking bonkers barking mad and I was like yeah okay well fucking thanks very much I appreciate that. And then what he did was we got friends because he was a bit barking mad and he could see that I was a bit batshit crazy to the point where he used to go on tour quite a bit because he was um, part of the, um, the air crew. So because he was air crew, he used to get me trips. But at the same time, when he was on trips and doing things, he used to lend me his, um, his Audi TT when it came out, first one. Uh, you know, that first sort of line, the old egg shape, if you like. Um, not the nice shape as, as it is now, but it was nice then for, for when it came out. But I used to drive around in that. We're like, what the fuck you do? He'd be like, he just lend it to me. So, but what we did was he helped my impulsivity massively because he then gave me, every time a trip would come up, he he used to say to me, James, do you want to come along? I'd be like, yeah, mate. So I used to go along as an SNC, supernumerary crew. And I used to go along and basically it's just helping the air crew along the way. Um, and I did, I went to Thailand, I went to Italy, I went to Norway, um, I went to Minneapolis, Massachusetts. I went fucking, oh, Diego Garcia, Sri Lanka. There was just, so I saw probably fucking half the world in about three years um, working alongside him. So now when I look back at that, it's very easy to forget that, by the way, because at the time that was what it was. But what he did do was he fed that desire. And I've never had that desire since. Sorry, I've never had that desire filled since. Because, number one, it costs a fucking fortune to go on holiday. So you can't really do that a lot. And, you know, I'm not in the RAF anymore, so I can't fly around and travel. So, But I thrive on it. I thrive on seeing new things. It's, 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 when you go to places, you're taking on loads of new information. So for someone with ADHD, it's, a fucking, it's, like, a, it's like a kid going into a sweet shop when you go traveling because you're seeing loads of new people i do get very stressed and again this is where the ptsd um which is really weird because i love traveling and my mate will contest will testify to this but the ptsd feeds massively in terms of overthinking and stressing about things so i went on holiday last year i told you a couple of years ago with my, with my best mate for our 40th it was a couple of years ago now actually and um we had an absolutely spectacular time um, but about four day, four days in, I started getting really tired. Started getting really anxious. Um, I started getting a little bit sort of, well, just tired. And then the PTSD fed in, and I wasn't getting the same dopamine high because I'd already walked through the village. Uh, sorry, walked through the city, so I knew what the city brought. I knew where everything was, so I wasn't getting. So where normally what you'd do, you'd go on holiday, you'd fucking land, you'd be like, yeah, let's find out, let's go and do a recce. You go out, you do a recce, couple of nights of doing the recce bars, and then towards the end of the week, you're like, I need to relax now and sit by the pool and chill out, which is absolutely what he wanted to do. And I was like, no, mate, I can't. I cannot sit by the fucking pool. I can't just sit here in the fucking sun. And we'd go down to the beach where he'd want to go and spend all day at the beach, and I'd be like. I'd get there, and then 45 minutes later, he'd be like, what are you doing, mate? And I'd be like, I'm going, I'm fucking, I can't do this, I'm bored as fuck, mate. And it was horrendous. Now, again, I can tie all of this in because we, I, I have the ability to learn from it. 
So for me, it's absolutely incredible because I get to understand why I was like that. And hopefully, you know, if he listens, he'd be like, oh, um, yeah, that does that does kind of make sense, <laughs> you know. So. But it's horrible. What I don't what people don't realize is it's horrible to have to be that person. It's horrible for me to sit by the pool and know that I am completely and utterly bored out my tree. I don't want to fucking do this. There's nothing happening here. And my brain is going, I'd rather be, now I'd rather be at home doing this, this and this. Or I could do this. Or, I, yeah, I could do that in the garden. And when we went on holiday, it was that bad that that's when I, that is when I was that bored. And again, this is relatable to ADHD. And everybody who's listening, um, if you've listened to me years ago, and I've only got a small network of people that would have listened that long ago. But I wanted to do a, um, run a, uh, a fucking, what do they call it? A kennel and cattery. Now, I planned it. In this three days where he wanted to relax, I planned it out to a T. I wrote down everything I was going to do. I started a GoFundMe. I started a fucking YouTube channel. I started a fucking um, a TikTok at the time. I did all of this because I was bored. And I went, I'm going to do this. I got a, I started creating a business model. I, started, I went onto Procreate and started fucking drawing my plans in three days. If I'd gone from basically having fun on the fucking wednesday to on the friday i was like i'm gonna do kennel and cattery i'm gonna look for 1.2 million pound i think that's achievable my mate will tell you this because we spent three or four days playing guys golf talking about how it can happen now i now know listen to myself now how batshit fucking crazy i was now my mate stood there the whole time going yeah you can do that mate yeah you can do that now I think back and go, why didn't you tell me I was batshit crazy? Because th and that's what I do, and that is the the truth of ADHD is when people are relaxing, I'm not relaxing. When people are saying they'd rather sit in the garden, just chill out and have a Sunday, I'm not doing that. Today, this morning, fucking up DIY, out shopping, back walk, back fucking put up some fucking ornaments, do tea, do my podcast. It's just constant. It's just literally constant. Now, there's people that be like, nah, I'm fucking not doing that. And there's people that just chill out. I'm already planning. I've got a week off because um, I've got an annual thing. My wife takes the kids to Butlins um, uh, once a year with her mum and um, does a little annual thing where they go there. They get pampered for the week and the kids just go off and fucking have loads of fun. I don't go because, number one, the noise is fucking horrendous for me. Um, I can't deal with kids. That amount of kids in one fucking small place, I'd end up proper fucking toe punting a fucking four-year-old kid running towards me in the face and just look like I've got no emotion and fucking like tell your little kid to shut up that's where I go to I'm fucking hate it it's, it's just my idea of fucking hell so um you know it's kind of a catch-22 really it's kind of but she, anyway so she likes to go so I look by the, the the main bit about it is I look after the dogs but I've already started planning my week. So I'm actually going to rip the fucking bathroom out and completely refurbish it. Going to have a walk-in shower. Um, as cheap as I can. So I'm literally going to do all the work myself. Now that's fucking batshit crazy, if you ask me. It fucking really is. But that's what I've got to do. And I'm planning it now. And I've got a week and a half at work. And I'm already thinking, I just want to get this week and a half out of the way so I can start doing the bathroom now. That's the fucking craziness. I'm not interested in anything else now because I'm now hyper-focused on my bathroom. And that's where I get to. When you look around my house, there's unfinished bits everywhere because I go, that's where I lost interest. That's where I ran out of paint and I couldn't be asked to go and get some more. That's where I did this. That's where I've skimmed the hole, but it's taken too long to dry. So I didn't fucking let it dry. I just um, painted over it. And that's what you see everywhere. ADHD is a motherfucker. Anyway, I'm going to give you a little bit of a positivo spin on this, and I'm going to give you a, a, a little, um, a little, some some little tips and tricks, if you like, of how you can help. What I do and what I've been doing, and and basically, I'm going to hopefully give you sort of um, some tips and tricks that will help you if you've got the signs and symptoms to manage the way, and certainly even try these things anyway in general because I think they're all really good. So the first goal I set myself was set smaller goals. 
So rather than setting myself like long-term, constantly long-term goals, I've got long-term. It's really good to have a five-year plan. I think everybody um, should have a five-year plan at a minimum. I think minimum you need a five-year plan where you see yourself in five years. If you're not doing that, you're coasting. And I don't think you should coast. You, you need to set yourself that goal because what that does is give you motivation. However, along the way, you need to set yourself small goals because unfortunately what they can what it does and this is more geared towards adhd and this is why i set three monthly goals i don't i've got a five-year plan but to be perfectly honest my five-year plans that i've set have completely gone out the fucking window so this is the the problem is with me and this is where i realized that adhd is such a big factor is i joined the civil service um two years ago and uh, i joined as a bandee they call it um which is okay and i set myself a goal to be a c1 within five years so that was like two grades up. And I was like, oh, I see myself doing that. And everyone was like, yeah, yeah, you can do that, mate. Yeah, that's a, that should be achievable. Five years. You've just joined. You get in. Um, two days on the year mark, um, I was a C1. And now I've been a C1 for, I said, I would be a C1 for five years. And I would say I wanted to get to B2, uh, which is the next level, which is where you start getting into the senior leadership team, where I want to be. Um, and for me, that's, I said five years. So that would be like, you know, okay, that's fine. That's 46. That's fucking achievable. Um, I've got an interview on Thursday for a B2. So that's the problem with me is I set myself these goals and I just go, fuck it, I'm going to do it now. So that could be a potential two and a half years from a D to a B2, which is, you know, pretty unheard of. Um, unless you do the fast track system, but I'm, I'm, I've smashed so much fucking education, so much knowledge, so much experience and so much determination that I've made it achievable. And that's the problem is I, I set five year goals and now I've done I've done almost what I was going to do in the next 10 years in two years. That's fucking that's just crazy shit. And that's now I'm worried because I'm like, if you keep doing this, mate, and don't find yourself little things to do along that journey you're going to get to a point where you can't or i'm going to be boris johnson's fucking or rishi sunak's fucking <laughs> successor do you know what i mean it's going to be that fucking i'm going to just go fuck it i'm going to run the country i do a shit job because I'm, I'm nowhere near that fucking minded for it but anyway like I say large goals they can be daunting that's a problem and that's what i put down i put my little notes were smaller goals large goals can be daunting and it can be and this is where people with adhd will quit before they've even begun and i do if somebody says to me, you've got fucking three months, that's it, I've quit, I don't care. And that's that's irrelevant to me, mate, because that's why I never did homework at school. That's why I never did my coursework at school, because I do it all bef just before. So I never revised for my exams until literally two, the two days before I crammed and went in. I didn't do amazing, but I didn't do fucking, I didn't do drastically bad, considering there was no revision at all. And that's how you work. So set yourself smaller goals. Give yourself those small little battles. And hopefully there'll be small wins. Create. This is what I do. I do this every fucking week. I wrote this down. Create a task list. Now, most people don't create task lists. They don't do it. They, they don't manage their, 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 their life that way. Unfortunately, I have to manage my life that way because I will utterly lose control. I'll forget. So I write task lists of what I've got to do next week. And I actually tick them off. I go, I've got to do this. Email this person sort this out, talk to this person, move this project forward, whatever it may be, I go, right, okay, they're my th tick list, blah, 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 blah. And again, normally done them in the first day so I can relax the rest of the week. But that's what I need to get done. That's my essential shit. The rest can be reactive. So I have to do that. So set yourself some cheeky little, give yourself a little task list. I think they're brilliant anyway. Even if you write yourself down a, a, a little chalkboard, I do it in the house, a chalkboard of tasks I've got to do in the house. And because I'm visually seeing it all the time, I'm like, Oh, fuck yeah, i got to put that picture up. Because otherwise, that picture is still going to be there on the fucking floor. When I write it down, when I see it in a list, I'm like, I've got to fucking do that because the list is telling me. So I fucking do it. This, is a, is, this, for me, is a key one. Involve others. Massively, massively important. And again, anybody that knows me knows that I always succeed when others are with me. When others aren't with me, I'll succeed, but it'll be a lot fucking harder and it'll be a lot less enjoyable. I am all about the teamwork, all about it. And that's what I do now because I think to myself, why are people doing things selfishly? We can succeed as a team. I think it's so important. And I think that's just as so important as going forward. You always work better in a, in a team. You really do. 
whether that's just a couple of you or you know whatever that you know that's a that's a pair not a, not a team but if there's say three or four of yous i've got a great team i've got a great little network team in my families i call it i call them my family everyone is my family if you're in my little inner circle i finished off with this one was create rewards and this is this this is the important thing and I always say to, to all of my friends, this is why I like rewarding people. This is why I gift people. This is why I make things for people. Because I like rewarding friendship. I like rewarding partnerships, whatever it may be. I like rewarding it because it's like I just gave myself, I just gave my, my um, friend of mine a, a nice gift. He, he gave me some bottles and I create um, bottle, art out bottles. So I smash the bottle up and I create some sort of artwork out of them. He gave me one and he particularly liked this bottle. And it was a nice bottle. And I was like, okay then, I, I don't want to take this off you. I want to make this special for you. So I did. I designed it and made it special for him. Now, I don't, it, I was, it was irrelevant of what it felt to him in that sort of sense. But I made something for him because I wanted to boost his, I wanted to boost his morale. I wanted to make something nice. And that's what I do. That is what I do. I make things for people because I'm like, you can have something here. Hopefully, this is this is as beautiful as I see it, and you can enjoy it. And that's why that's why I, I've said to you, if you listen to the gentleman's talk, please jump on the gentleman's talk if you haven't. And um, but you listen to the gentleman's talk, you'll hear me say this. I do it all the time when people are close to me, um, as a reward system for me, I enjoy saying thank you for looking after me. And that's what I do. If you've looked after me at some point, you've shown your affection, you've you've been with me through my tough times. When I get to my good times eventually, and along the way, I will I will reward you. I will say thank you, because that is invaluable to me. Friendship, partnership is invaluable to me. All of these are key things. This is what we talk about along the way. Is the motivation? Unfortunately, the motivation is hard for people with ADHD. So I. All of the things that you would class as most people as being um, self-absorbent or um, why do you need this? Why do you need that? What do you mean you need a like? What do you mean you need a share? What do you mean you need a cuddle, a comment, a kiss, whatever? That's because that's what I don't have. My brain doesn't produce that. Everything is a chore. Everything. Now, and even when I do do something, it's the, the dopamine high is so short-lived I go into this really horrible dark place. I go into this. I go into this almost this um, fucking computer telling me to download shit. Um, but I almost go into this dark fucking horrible place where I just go, this can't be real. And and it and ultimately it is. It is normally real. It's it's normally there's nothing you can do about it. But that's why I rely on the on, on when I say I, I always say put in what you're getting out for starters so if you've got a friendship or a relationship and you're putting in more than your equal share that's not an equal that's not an equal partnership so you shouldn't be in there it's not an equal friendship you shouldn't be in there that's where and, and i maintain that anyway but at the same time when you've nurtured the right people that understand you they'll know you need they know that i need rewarding because that's how i work i get motivated with whilst being rewarded by being thanked whilst being um provided with any information at all cuddles kisses i reward for affection if if my missus doesn't doesn't sort of kind of show any affection in three or four days i'm almost walking out the front door i'm like fuck this what are you doing and it's it's very demanding and i spoke to her about this and i'm sorry i'm really sorry but that's how i work my brain goes if i'm not getting and this is where it's challenging in friendships as well and not just relationships but it's also challenging in friendships as well because people don't understand that when you lose that dopamine high it's really hard to get motivated to continue because you do question well what, i'm not getting anything out of this and it, that's the brutality of it and that's the pure i think that's the pureness of adhd that people don't understand is you know you can go through sort of years talking to people and just floating on by whereas with me if you don't show me that dopamine or you upset me or you do something you know that, that's out of character or you know not or, or just basically poor etiquette if you like I tend to just disengage I do it all the time and, and, and it's not through any fault of my own it's my mental state it's, and it's that's the way it goes I've got my family if my family don't engage with me I just fucking leave them I'm like yeah crack on crack on I'm not bothered because I want my equal share now, I do that because I know my worth, for starters. And second of all, 
it's just really important to do that. It's really important to, if you've got a true friend that you want to be that wants to be part of your your life, then you should be engaging. And I think that's so important. So you need to look outside the box with ADHD. You really do need to look outside the box because it can be debilitating for both sides. And I understand that, which is why I'm raising awareness, which is the key part to me talking about the growth of my development in this. Because I'm allowed now to understand, identify, and attach it to things and ways and acts that I've been doing in, in, previous, um, in my previous years. So I'm like, okay then. And also what that does allow me to do is notice that don't rely on my friends to constantly engage with me. I need to engage back as well. I need to sometimes instigate as well. So I, I work on myself. I put the hard work in. And again, that comes with the development side of things, but also with the side of if you've got my friendship or you've got my partnership and I'm failing in any way, shape or form, or I'm, you know, really enthusiastic, that's because I'm working at it, that's because I'm learning. If you're not doing the same, it doesn't become an equal partnership. And that's so important, so important. So be mindful of people with ADHD, if I'm brutally honest, because, you know, it's not our fault. The simplicity of it is that it's not our fault. We don't choose to be like this, we don't choose to, to think like this. We don't choose to constantly be barraging ourselves with ideas. We don't choose to want affection 24-7. We don't, none of this is a, as a choice. This is just the chemical balance in our brain or imbalance in our brain. So look out for it. Support it. Awareness is key. Look out for these things. Help the person. So important. And on that note, before I finish, obviously, please let me know how I'm getting on. Please leave some comments into the section. Um, ask any questions you want as well, and I'll hopefully I can assist and talk to you. So I hope you have an amazing week next week, or whenever you listen to this, you have an amazing time. I'm literally, this week for me, it's, it's Sunday fun day. I'm just going to go and spend a bit of an hour sort of meditating, if you like. It's my reflection time, and then I'm going to just chill out, getting ready for the week next week. So enjoy yourself relax make sure you take care of yourself get that work-life balance next week make sure you're putting in the right balance and everything you do in life get it right and i'll speak to you all soon take care everyone